Here we are again. Have you noticed that? It keeps happening. Here we are again, unless we're not. So I wouldn't become too confident, confident just based on what happened yesterday. So the idea here, I, I went through a various uh, topics, you could say, of what to talk about. And I think uh, questions from Sangha is a, is a very good one, because rather than me uh, talking about some something I might pick out that I might think would be a good topic, it seems to be, uh, might be good to respond to things you've been thinking about or reflecting on. They could come from, from talks or from just things that are showing up in your practice or your life. You can take it any direction you would like and we can switch gears with each question if you like. So uh, you're welcome. This goes on. The first tenet of the order of immediate light. Yes. Described as consciousness always finds its own form. It does. And once during a book study, you said, you responded, that's consciousness not finding its own form. Will you describe con what is consciousness not finding its own form? Oh. What is it when it's not finding its own form? Yeah. It's finding somebody else's form. It just doesn't realize it's its own form. It's always finding its own form, its own form. Just looks otherwise. It looks like something else, something else. Consciousness always finding its own form is another way of saying dependent origination. And the dependent origination is so incredibly dense, thick, complicated, that it, uh, it, it fools us. It fools that aspect of the consciousness that is meant to uh, synchronize, uh, coordinate body, speech, and mind, and our hands, and our reaching out, our communities, and so on. Was that you sneezing, Kozan? That was quite a sneeze. <laughs> Further on that, Kozan? What is it you want to know? That's that's always a good one because that way we we might not even, we might even go to a totally different question altogether rather than what you what what do I think about what you're thinking? So um, consciousness always finding its own form and dependent arising. It seems like we, as living beings with six sense fields anchored in what seems like a reference point, <clears throat> we don't even we don't even choose to. Um, it just feels so much like us. So how can we see, you, you said consciousness not finding its form is kind of like thinking that there's an other, but how can we see past that if we're wired to see separation? You said it, you just, you just gave your own, yourself meditation instruction. Look at the wiring. But listen, all I'm doing is I'm just reminding you of what you already know. I see it. You see it too. You just don't recognize it. We're all looking at the same damn thing. Or I should say darn thing. <laughs> We're looking at it and you know, everyone has their own way, style, particular peculiarities about personality, the way personality can seem so damn convincing because it's, it's like looking at the leaves on a tree and they're, they're all there, they're all leaves, they're all green and they all belong to a maple tree, but each leaf, leaf has its own particular particularity 
that gives us the illusion of uh, it causes that that illusion to be so strong that we think there are separate things. So we're told that things are separate and not separate at the same time. Sandokai, the equality of sameness and difference. Falling apart, falling apart, falling apart. Nothing to do. And that's not laziness. It is quite the opposite. Yes, yet it's the same, of course. It couldn't be opposite unless it were the same. That's why the vow to be with all things is a, such an astonishing uh, understanding. Shoto bowing. Yes, Shoto. Does form grab consciousness? Nah, not really. Good try. No, it doesn't. Shoko bowing. Sometimes yeah. in, the, in the teachings, they talk about consciousness and then wisdom. So with the consciousness always finds its own form, is that consciousness wisdom? Yeah, it's, it's, that, that would be using consciousness uh, has, has less, uh, uh, less, uh, um, it, it, there's less of a, of a conclusion around that. It's, it's a conclusion, but we use that in some ways that where we may be better using the word wisdom. Wisdom is just wise, just being clear about what this is. And wisdom is not clear about something else. It's not clear about the form that consciousness has found, it, but it's not separate from it. So therefore, wisdom is finding wisdom. When you start talking about ultimate teachings, uh, unless you see what this is, if you, just, if you just think about what this is, if you just do this from a scholarly approach, then you can, then you can give the illusion that you know stuff. But if you speak about it as you see it, then the only thing you notice is the one who is speaking thusly uh, is not confused about what they're saying and is also not trying to seduce you into believing some kind of stupid propaganda that is respectful of your confusion. If I, if I, if me, if this guy, if a teacher doesn't respect the confusion of those uh, ones uh, that are students, then they won't be able to teach them. If you don't see the way in which one is confused, each person, how their confusion shows up, and it's, it's rarely the same way each time with each person because the causes and conditions that arise as your personal karma, going back to just your mother and your father, your heritage, your, uh, your, your life in the 13th century, or that aspect of consciousness which shows up as something that we are calling a past life. Is it one? I don't know. What do you mean by is? Uh, just to have a conversation with myself and include you. It's, it's, it's extremely complicated in a way that is uh, untraceable. Tributary streams flow through the darkness. This is a, this is, these are the words uh, translated out of the Chinese. Uh, that uh, The way a teacher in ancient times saw how complicated this was and wanted to use an image to help us just look at the complication. Don't try to sort through the complication and find some uh, kernel of truth, particularly. Jen Bowing. Yes, Jen. What are we looking at when we see uh, the apparent di dividing line between apparently opposite phenomena? Bowing. Yeah. 
So you've described it. We're, 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 that's what we're seeing. And so the idea is, uh, is to continue to look at that and have the, have, the, have the spontaneous conclusion that's coming out of dependent origination, which is tied in or laminated to your identity about who you are, about you being Jen and you're all, any way that you would describe yourself as this kind of person or that kind of person or, or some kind of description that around your perception of your of your individuality, your, your, your narcissism, your self-consciousness, your hope and fear and all of those things. It is that way of, of looking at that in a, uh, shall we say, uh, a, you know, an objective way. You're being somewhat objective about that insofar as you can without, without throwing laminating more concepts on top of it. So the feeling of not being sure what you're looking at, which is what you're basically saying, because you're asking this question, uh, what I'm telling you is that's it. Just continue to look at that. If you continue to look or do anything without adding to it, subtracting from it, or shutting down on it, uh, it will not last because the very nature of phenomena is, is uh, they don't last. But they persist if we do something with it. If we, we try to stabilize our understanding, that's why uh, though I teach awareness practice the way I do. I'd rather have you look at the chaos rather than create some kind of artificial mindfulness or temporary or some kind of state of being more aware that so therefore so i'm saying to you where the question is coming from tells me just keep looking at that pretty good answer huh <laughs> further questions uh chisho go ahead you have your hands up go ahead chisho chisho bowing uh back to shodo's question Yes. Um, the the term consciousness finds its own form. The finding seems to indicate grasping. Yeah. Is it indicating grasping? And if it does, why does it grasp? Bobby. Uh, you know, if I'm sitting here and you're sitting there and I glance up, something goes by the window outside the 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 hojo here, and and I and I there is a grasping uh, because. Uh, we're receiving the image, the causes and conditions that arise as whatever, as movement, as sight, uh, uh, light reflecting, uh, coming through the uh, through the clouds, and I can go on and on and 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 allow there to be a silhouette of the bird. I don't really see light hitting the bird. I see, you know what I'm saying. I'm just saying there there is a grasping quality there, but there's no, but we don't abandon that which is received for for that what we think it is. So it's a very subtle area. When we train the mind, we are beginning to, um, you could say, through a process, uh, through a, an activity or a lack of activity of being very radical about everything. So no, no guesswork about anything. A willingness to be confused. It's sometimes uh, meditation has been called voluntary uh, dissatisfaction because you're volunteering to sit down and do something. It is not particularly productive in the, in the conventional or materialistic or mundane sense. I mean, it could be, and sometimes if it starts to get productive, we start to feel better about our meditation, then quite often that's just a, uh, it's just a cave of demons because you're, you're, you're actually, you're, you're going to settle for this kind of a feeling about your meditation rather than go and see and continue on, uh, on the path, on your personal, your, everyone has a different path. Some people's karma is extremely uh, scary and strange and weird even. And other people's karma is more ordinary and more, you know, just a 
trudging along and doing this and doing that and getting kind of bored with meditation, but then going to work and dealing with your kids and their outlandish behavior, or are there, or your children and they're completely uh, uh, agreeable and, and communicative and cooperative, just uh, or all the things in between. So there's a, there is a grasping, but the, the initial grasping is coming out of dependent origination and is, uh, is, is on, on one hand is none of your business. And it's also completely and totally your responsibility. And so that's why it's difficult because we look for this and try to get rid of that where, where rather than see those two things are always uh, not separate from each other. So there's a little bit of grasping, to, but to see the grasping and not add to it by saying, I don't want to grasp. I just have to stop grasping. Uh, shouldn't grasp. Uh, that that's extra. That's trying to build up a person, an individual, uh, a, you know, a solitary dumbbell who needs to needs to be right, needs to be clear, needs to be in control, needs, 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 needs. I want it. I want it. I want it. And some people go so far as they have they have whole societies because of dependent origination, who resonate with that insane craziness at the stop on the you know playing king in the mountain. The person that was on the mountain. An idiot, but they're on the top of the mountain. So we need to what worship them. And that's what happens in our society, what's been happening in our society, and that's the way it's run because it, it has there is no solid spiritual foundation or or deep, deep understanding of what it means to be a living being in a in a society. Thank you for letting me ramble on there a little bit. <laughs> Do you have a further question around that? Uh Wang, yeah. So if grasping is also um, dependently originating, um, why is our grasping of things um, not, you know, it's contraindicated or we are advised not to grasp? Well, when I, when I say, as I sometimes explain, when I say don't grasp, uh, I know you can't help it. I'm grasping. But if I... Uh, you know, if I do it that way, then I always follow it up by, by saying, you're not going to su succeed at not grasping. But you, but the not, the not grasping can be reduced by just observing its nature, that you reach out for something and you, you don't get what you want. But there's a grasping quality. So it's about observing that. The first one is the, the one that you were, I think you were pointing at, is I'm looking at you and then a bird flies by the window and I, I'm distracted. So you could call that ignorance because I'm ignoring you because I've been, I've been seduced just by the flash of light into something else. So there's a, a simple quality of ignoring uh, you and then and going to that. And then, uh, and then there can be on top of that, there can be further laminations also dependently risen. Well, I think it's a crow. No, I think it's a, it was red. So it's a, it's a cardinal all happening in uh, what microseconds. It's, it's so incredibly complicated uh, and, and it's even more complicated uh, if you see that there's no one there, there's no witnessing quality happening there. You're not actually, you're not separate from the bird that flew by. Uh, I'm not separate from the person, uh, Chisho, that just asked me a question. There, there's separation, but the separation is very, very subtle. Kevin Bowing. Kevin, go ahead. I have something I want to know, and I'm going to try to articulate it. <laughs> um, Should I leave the room? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Um, so once in an interview, I had described to you a feeling of trying to keep a lid on things. And you had told me just to keep the lid on it. And I'm wondering, 
and what I take from that is don't abandon the lid-like quality for the perceived something inside the trash can or whatever. But how does the just this quality of the lid contrast with something like deep consciousness? So again, that's a uh, difficult to approach that in some with just some kind of a uh, conclusion about it. Um, so the the lid quality, or the covering up, or the ignoring, or the controlling, or the or the or the the grasping quality, which can also be a lid, or the aggression, which can be a way of uh, ending something that you don't like, uh, or, or covering up, and so on. Uh, those are forms that are arising out of uh, first of all, out of dependent origination, which has no no uh, no allegiance to anything other than it's uh, other than the apparent otherness that is tracking down or catching up with or brutalizing or uh, aggrandizing or however you want to see describe that. So your participation in that with uh, as you're using that uh, is about being aware of what you're doing rather than try to modify or change it. And it's it, it this can be this can actually lead to something that can only be described as humility. It's not a credential. It's just that you, 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 there isn't anyone there, and you cannot, uh, you cannot completely control anything. You have a little bit of say so, but quite often when we have a little bit of say so about something, we immediately gather up all of our, uh, all those aspects, all those areas of consciousness, trying to find its own form. And that form might happen to be, I want to be somebody, so I'm going to get everything together and try to be somebody uh, using this particular energy. That I will be the person who's humble. It's just a, it is a, uh, as a, I think uh, the Vajra Regent Ursul Tenzin once said, and I think he was quoting another, another Lama said uh, that samsara is notorious for being without end. And uh, all, it, all it's saying is it's a circle. <laughs> if it starts up and leads, uh, watch it. Don't necessarily chase it down. It's circular. It comes back around, back around, back around. Life and death, life and death. Samsara, samsara over and over. So as far as going to the deep consciousness part, deep consciousness is just the way that I, a word that I use to talk about anything that is uh, not uh, conceptually or or uh, or apparent as a as a, an item or as a situation. This this, this uh, the top of the stool that the computer sits on, or this kotsu, uh, uh, or, or the. Uh, uh, thoughts that are rising in my mind or your mind or my gestures that are rising in, in front of me here and also on the little screen, off the postage stamp off to one side on the Zoom are just things that are rising. Uh, and so the deep consciousness is is uh, vast and untraceable. You, When I say untraceable, you can't find a line there, but you can find the items. So in our life here, we, we find the items, but then we invent all we met we invent Indra's net and we invent all the connections. Um, our, we do it with us, with names and forms and with society and with, with uh, political structures and with the families and, and with Sangha. And, and it's important. So it's important to see it, not necessarily to uh, manipulate it. So when we talk about uh, deep consciousness, which is what you're uh, asking me about, I think you're asking me about the, the lid quality and the, uh, uh, the covering up quality, and and that is part of deeper layers of consciousness, and the the authenticity of the doer or of the one who is accomplishing something there, the the identity that is unreal. But because it is unreal, uh, you could be a sixteen foot golden Buddha, 
that's why and that and that that is a it's vast and it's vast it's profound and vast i i have a i'm just kind of seeing the way that i am trying to abandon the lid quality to access what i perceive to be deeper consciousness or seeing the lid as something that is occluding my ability to connect more deeply to what's arising, bowing. So my response to that is kind of obvious probably to you and maybe to everyone, but, but just continue to practice. What you're talking about is you're going into areas uh, that different levels of consciousness. And I would say, uh, uh, don't forget your backpack. backpack. In other words, do some block sitting, get something to, to, to pull up or reinforce that which observes, that which observes, because that which concludes or that which grasps, that which shuts, shuts down the passion, aggression, ignorance, hope, and fear. Those are, those are insofar as you, you, me, or I, or us, or, or them guys have not transcended the personal self. In other words, seen that it's unreal. You don't have to get rid of it that we will be there actually be pieces or chunks of that believability of a self otherness that is somebody against some other otherness and that creates uh the, the incredible illusion that we call this world this uh, uh all the world's a stage as a, as the bard once said it's and it's a it's a it's an act it's a play and so i would say in order to work with your question there uh, hopefully I've helped you a little bit, but probably not much. But the main way to work with that is to, uh, is the, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, and then strong awareness practice. And the way I teach the awareness practice, not that there aren't hundreds of other ways, but it's very, very simple, very radical. Sit down, hold still, watch whatever moves, whatever's moving, the spider on the wall, uh, your own breath coming and going, your own diaphragm. Uh, a very simple, very simple reception of the bird flying in front of the window, the thoughts coming out of nowhere with no particular source. And this uh, trains or, or uh, you could say reinforces the, the, the awareness about what we're all uh, being, uh, we've all, all been downloaded into this incredible <laughs> array, display of stuff including our own thoughts, our emotions, our feelings, our histories, our descriptions of ourselves, our descriptions of others, and so on and so forth. Junju Bowing, there's a few questions from YouTube. The first from Amida. So there is only the universe experiencing us. We do not exist as individual persons. Is that true? Nah, that's going too far. And when I say it's going too far, I'm not saying your description isn't correct, but the way it's crystallizing, the way you're saying it, it's crystallizing into a into something that is, prote is protecting you from the emptiness that you need to see. So don't get too wound up in that net. You're you're, uh, and I'm not, this is not a compliment, but you're an extremely gifted and intelligent person, or you wouldn't be able to ask that kind of a question. But I'm coming at you what you need to hear to train your mind. Don't believe those thought patterns even though you're pretty good at creating those. Well, get wound up in, in, the, in, the, in understanding deep, something deeply with your intellect. What you said is, has its, uh, uh, its uh, uh, is accurate as a description. 
but not helpful. Might be helpful if you want to be a scholar. Maybe you are a scholar. I'm not against scholars. We need scholars. I love scholars. I wish I could be one. <laughs> For the question, I mean, if you have it. In the meantime, there's a question from, I don't know their name, but their username is Daddy Porcelain. Oh, Amitabha. Oh, no, that was Amita. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry for the dumb pun. How do, you, how do you deal with people's belief in the pointlessness or meaninglessness of the world? Well, it, it's situational. So if it's, if it's your mom, then, you know... Uh, you can interact with her in different ways. If it's your partner, if it's your life partner, or if it's a friend at the coffee shop, uh, uh, then, you know, then, then I would just meet them where they're at. Don't, don't correct them and don't try to show them, show them how, how uh, full of points the world is or that it doesn't it allow them their, their, I won't call it craziness, but allow them their, their position on things, meet them in their position. You're not going to be able, if you want to help people, and it sounds like you may want to do that, then first you have to stop going to war with everything. Don't go to war and don't go to peace. If you don't understand, uh, we could spend the rest of the hour talking about that because it's very important. Most people are going, are shunning war and going to peace. It just furthers the rotation. It's just the other side of the merry-go-round. So meet them where they're at. Say, how do you mean? Say And say, well, it's obvious that it's pointless and this is a, you know, they have some kind of existential angst. I know about that. I spent the 1960s reading existentialist material. And uh, I love the French. <laughs> Especially Mayon, who is here today, I think, somewhere. <laughs> but like uh, if you read uh, Being in Nothingness by Jean-Paul Sartre, uh, just to go away from the whole religious path and just go into intense conceptualization about, about existence and how it shows up. Uh, it's not that it isn't relatively true what he's saying. Existence precedes essence, uh, but but uh, but it's not. It's just a description of something that has to be seen deeper because then we still have the imputation of a being who is seeing that coming to that conclusion, and then uh, is trying to figure out whether they should end their life or not. So the person you're talking about, to come back to your question, meet them where they're at. Then, then they will see. They might not know it, but then they will see that they have just met the the the, the point of existence in, in showing up as you and talking to them. Now, there are names for that. We we can go further into that if you want to hear those names, but I don't think it's necessary. I think I think that the response, the uh, the question, and the response I'm making to you is it's you. It's your presence there is the meaning. They are completely overlooking the incredible vastness that is standing in front of them in the form of your interaction in that coffee shop. Michael Bowie. Take it away, Michael. Is there free will? I don't, don't give me that question. No, there's only chained up and, and enslaved will, which look, thinks it's free. I mean, you know, it's a it's a concept. It's a valid question. And I'm not mocking you. I'm just saying that, you know, there's a lot more to look at than is there or is there or isn't there? Is there free will? No, I don't think there's free will. What do you think, Jim? I think there's kind of free will, but not really. You think that the will is actually free or there's an illusionist free 
with invisible. I mean, you can just go on and on and on. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because it's it, you, all you come up with the answers. And they and they are depending on how where, how you're working with that high idea of freedom or or uh, being uh, in chain, uh, being um, jailed. Read the myth of freedom twenty times by Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche. Go ahead, that's Mike. Why I, that's why I ask it. it, it the idea of. Um, Yes. All of the infinite number of causes and effects. Are we left ever with any freedom? So fundamentally, there isn't anybody. So that's freedom. That's why this path is called freedom, because you're you're free of any any kind of contraption at all, including Buddhism. If you're chained by Buddhism, then you're not free, and you misunderstood the words of the Buddha. Or the or the words of your teacher who is uh, who is a, a teacher of the Buddha's Dharma. This is an ultimate. This question, question has has its relative situation, in which we could say, yeah, some people are more uh, more ensnared by their beliefs and their opinions and their hope and fear than others. Some people are more or less, but everyone, unless you realize your true nature, uh, are ensnared or chained up by your beliefs, your opinions, including Buddhism. Buddhism is full of people who believe in Buddhism. Buddhism is a path. It's a raft. And that when you get to the uh, the metaphor of the other shore, you're not going to need that raft. Amazingly, if you meet someone, uh, which that scene, other shore seems to be full of people that don't realize they're on the other shore, then you could say, maybe you should go back and build a raft. Junchu bowing. Yes, Junchu. A question from William in Marquette. William. What happens to this vivid experience that's definitely going on inside of my head after this impending physical death? It's not, it may stop, it may slow down, it may start up, it may get, uh, there may be all kinds of uh, interference from other aspects of consciousness where you don't have the body-mind complex to protect you from that invasion. Although there's some people with a whole body-mind structure that are extremely porous and they're they know about this world already. They just, they just, they're just dragging a, uh, as they say, a, a bag of bones around with them. They already know about death. And so, as far as what happens, it's de it's dependent origination. It's dependently arisen. There, even though there's a voice here and there's apparently ears there, these there's no there's no being here. There's no solid being. There is there is the uh, the five skandhas form, feeling, perception, concept, and consciousness. There's uh, the poisons and there's hope and fear and there's all of the mechanisms that are that are running around looking for somebody who who is afraid or somebody who thinks there's something to fear or something someone who thinks there's something to gain. There's nothing to gain. There, there's there's only wisdom and it, it sh if it shows up as a personality, then there's a there could be a teacher. And so I would say, find out what's happening now so that when the body mind does go away, you've already been exercising or strengthening that which understands and sees deeply. Not, not belief, not disbelief, not ignorance, but just uh, clear, true perception of what this is. Uh, direct perception, direct cognition. It's not necessarily a, a recognition or recognition. 
although that may play uh, a role in it. Michael Bowing. Yes, Michael. Is direct cognition dependently risen? Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. And, until it isn't. So it is. It's it's path quality until it's uh until the there's no path. There's only there's only fruition, and even fruition is uh, an extra word about it. More. Michael Bowing, is that the importance of meditation practice? No. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, that's why it's so important, and that's why it's difficult. That's why uh, this uh, Bob Holman's uh, gift here of this uh, this four-hour uh, analog. I mean, it is it is the analog clock, right? Because it's sand falling through a, a four-hour. What do they call these things? A four-hour glass. A four-hour glass, not an hourglass. A four-hour glass. <laughs> so, pretty exciting. Uh, he's a he said, I don't know, I don't know how he made that. I think he just must have studied glass blowing or something and then went to the beach, got some purple dye, stirred it all up. Because I don't think you can buy these somewhere. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but yes, it, it's it, this is why it's a volunteer volunteering because of because of bodhicitta, because of the mind of awakening that is uh, here for all of us, that is, is a, an aspect of consciousness that understands, already understands. It's like, what? Have, haven't already understood this? <laughs> so it, it's there. It's been there way before your parents' birth. It's there. And, and it's discoverable. It's uncoverable. You can see the jewel in the rubbish heap. Falling apart, falling apart. Nothing to do. Everything all at once. Even bowing. You, you can do it, but you might have to sit and look at the wall for uh, several decades. You might have to interact with the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. Go ahead, Yuhong. Yuhong bowing. I have a question about not separate. Oh, when I when I use the word my, I notice that a sense of separation arises. And the more I wear that, I feel like the more the, the more I want to get rid of that. Yeah. So my question is how I can look at this with some clarity. You're doing it. The, the way you describe this, you're doing, you're doing it. But what way the, the way the ego mind gets thwarted is, is the ego mind thinks that the ego thinks, not just th doing your thinking for you, but thinks so I shouldn't feel that way. I need to clean up my act. I need to, need to be less self-centered. No, what you need to do is just continue to look at your describing very, very well. I can tell you've been doing sitting meditation. You can't talk like that. So you're looking at the you're looking at the fundamental greediness of the mind, the fun, of the of the of the of the ego mind, the, the seventh consciousness, the self-centered mind, that aspect of the mind that is paranoid and thinks something has to be protected and something else has to be gained, and, and it's just a uh, it's called spiritual materialism. On the mundane path, this can be polished up and be uh, show up as therapy, getting better, feeling better. Not that you shouldn't do that. I, I'm totally. I have students who. Have a, go see a psychiatrist regularly. I'm not against that. Do what you need. But if you come this direction, I'm going to say you need to do it. You need to. And how much of this you need, how much wall gazing you need, up to you. Um, I'd say you probably need a lot of it. I certainly did. Needed a whole lot of it. And so what, what you're describing, you know, you hung is, is fine. Just uh, and I, functioning as a, a teacher, as your teacher, I'm just saying 
Just continue to do that. You're just describing how rough the path looks. There's all kinds of sinkholes, but you're going up a mountain. And uh, and not that I need any status around this, but I, I know what mountain you're talking about. I've been there. I am that mountain. But, well, you're not. You are that mountain. And just but but the singularity of the positionality, the locality aspect that the ego, self-centered mind, uh, narcissistic mind uses to locate its problems so it can, so there's some kind of imagination that it can somehow solve that. Uh, There is, uh, the way you solve it is to see that it's unreal and it's dependently arisen and no more war, no more peace. It's called uh, Sandukai or equilibrium, the equality of sameness and difference. And it's an astonishing thing that the ego cannot stand to look at. It gets nauseated looking at that. Whereas the wisdom mind is uh, not nauseated. And if it were, it wouldn't care. It wouldn't be selective about it. So you're, I'm looking at, you're, you're describing where you're at on the mountain. I'm saying, yep, that's it. That's how it feels to walk in sinkholes. That's how it walk, uh, feels to have branches hit you in the eye. But you're going uh, to use the positionality. You're going up. In other words, you're going into that understanding that relatively uh, we call a higher understanding rather than a lower or mundane understanding of getting better, improving, which is a, is a dessert for the ego. We're going to starve that ego. If you're, if you're listening to me, then that's where you're headed. If you're not interested, then please do something else. Don't waste your time. Do something that's uh, important to you. This may be important. If it is, I'm here. If it's not, then. But you're seeing, you're telling me, you're, you're telling me, I can tell by listening to your question, your, your meditation, you're meditating in a way that uh, is uncovering that kind of, of wanting to not have that, wanting to not feel that way. This is, this is a description of ego as the second noble truth of the Buddha. The first one is life is suffering or challenging or dissatisfaction. And why is that? Because we, the imaginary self, wants something else. Whereas the wisdom mind doesn't want anything. It doesn't, just doesn't mean it's, it misses any, it doesn't miss a horrible uh, activity of somebody who is completely confused and operating out of fear and hurts someone, kills someone, abuses someone, it doesn't miss it. But it also respects the confusion in such a way that it doesn't come in and try to be the hero. The actual hero is uh, invisible. This is uh, the Bodhisattva, no credentials. Bye. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Uh-huh. Junshu Bowing. Yes. The question earlier from uh, about pointlessness was from Thomas, who's watching from Kentucky, and he says thank you. And there is a question from Shane in Virginia. Yes. What are your thoughts about how in the future, in the near future? Artificial intelligence will take all of your YouTube content and create an avatar you can ask questions to. Is that consciousness? Everything is consciousness. But the the way that's showing up is about control. Uh, uh, And there's a lot of insanity in the world. And it's uh, and some of it, uh, some of them are programmers. And so that's why I say don't use don't be careful of the smartphone because it, it, it is pretty smart in some ways. Use it, use it, but <clears throat> don't let it uh, come into the Zendo with you or into the meditation hall. 
use a stick with analog material stuff that actually does what happens in the world, the actual rotation in the actual physical world, rather than that, that rotation that is in the, in the mind stream, which is being, uh, being absconded that's what that's what's happening they're you're using the digit digitalization of everything to enter into um uh, what uh, uh what was uh, pr pretty much shown up to symbolically and visually in the matrix what was happening in the matrix so still so, so what i say on top of that i'll say train your mind you want you want to work with what you described there as the threat of uh, of AI, and it is it is, it is threatening. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah, I mean, it's actually happening all over the place, as we all know. And uh, it's it's about being aware of that, not necessarily stepping into that and try to legis legislate something to protect us from that. So train your mind. Now, what is happening has been happening as I sometimes use and somewhat jokingly, but I also mean that the Peloponnesian War is the same thing as happening without smartphones. So now we've got smartphones, which makes it what happened back then in uh, two or three months now happens in 30 seconds. Yes. What is important for us to participate in the circular motion of the world? <laughs> so train your mind to not so when you, so you can see the warfare and you can see that there is a there is a, a an agenda that each person has whether it's uh, some of the crazy politicians or or some, or some meditation teachers when you, you can listen to them for uh, 30 minutes or 30 seconds and realize they're, they're they have good intentions but their understanding of the mind is is a more uh, takes on more of a materialistic accomplishing something trying to accomplish something. And so that that uh, circularity of the world, just observe it and observe and don't necessarily step into it. This doesn't mean you shouldn't march on Washington or go join the, the water protectors. Uh, sure, but make sure you're training your mind so that untrained reactive reactive kind of blaming part of the mind is, uh, is doesn't go in. And so that you dump your own aggression on the aggression that's already making things difficult enough. So if you follow me, what I'm saying, make sure that you're uh, you're clear, or at least at least you know uh, something about your own uh, uh, self-centeredness, your own uh, is the one that gets us so much. We think we there's some area that we think actually is our wisdom mind. We think that part of us actually is wise. And what I'm telling you, I, I'll say it in no uncertain terms. That is bullshit. And if you don't see that, then you will, you will take that uninspected, unseen, unacknowledged area of your mind and smear it on everybody else and call it their problem. When you just add, not that they didn't have one to begin with, but then we add our own gooiness to everything else and call it what control or progress or humility or whatever you want to call it. Any kind of thing, otherness, some kind of otherness that we believe in and we believe we have to uh, support or before or against. There's further questions in that area. If you, uh, I do this mutually. I don't uh, don't really. Uh, I I just run out of anything, and then there's just this. So if you want another, ask another question, uh, Shoka, go ahead. Shoka Bowing. Well, 
you have, as long as I've known you, you've talked about the use of an analog clock as opposed to something like a smartphone. Yeah. And uh, it's only been recently that I bought an analog clock and that seems really important. So what is it about that kind of a circularity for us to mm -hmm. participate in? I think it's just, a, it keeps us in a spatial relationship rather than a, uh, an actual physical spatial relationship to uh, chop wood, carry water as we slowly go, go towards illumination. Stay, 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 in, stay in your body. This is something uh, uh, Trungpa Rinpoche emphasizes: is be be here in in the body mind complex, even though no matter how rugged it may be. Be in that. And so the the smartphone or the smartphone is not rotating; it's rotating, but it's doing it in a way that magnetizes you, me, us into uh, that whole display. Just like uh, the, I'm sure you've all noticed, if you go into Facebook for a minute, you're, it's going to be more than a minute because something will hook you and get you into its own circularity, and, and it and it, it it resonates with the way the mind functions when there's no body. So you, if you'll notice, you when you watch, look at smart uh, anything like watching a movie, but that's something you can leave the theater, or you can, or the commercial will come and give you a break. Thank God for commercials. <laughs> what would Stephen King be without commercials? So I'm just saying that just look at the circularity. Don't don't try to stop it or do anything or obstruct it. But look at how things move into the, from this into that and into this. It's like the months of the year. It's like it, there's some kind of a linear quality to the year. But it it wasn't something we invented. We we got it from the, the actual realm, the human realm. Uh, being downloaded into this, we see if you if you look down, you it's pretty hard to tell what this is happening, what's happening here. But if you look up, it's obvious. It's circular. Planets, the stars, the astrologers of ancient times knew this and saw this. Uh, more contemporary astrologers are a little bit more confused about it. Shokabang. Yes, sir. When you talk about AI and uh, as a form of control. Is there the potential for that to function to support awareness practice? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, wouldn't leave anything out. Particular, we're not trying to get rid of anything, but but it's that that area because the world <laughs> is operating so much out of uh, passion, aggression, and ignorance, hope, and fear, and polarities, intense uh, joining this and opposing that. It's so intense that. That is the artificial intelligence situation, which is what is what just intelligence, <laughs> not artificial. Uh, particularly, that's a an odd kind of word, as if it's something is something else, and it is. Sometimes it's very. If you drink, uh, I mean, artificial meat it is cardboard with meat spray on it. Not good. You can get those at what McDonald's is it? Something like that. I mean, it, I'm being silly a little bit, but it's like that. It's like imitation stuff. So, but it's still stuff. It's still, but it's uh, been taken out of its, uh, uh, out of actually arising in uh, in a living form, like a cow or a chicken, and been moved into some uh, process they call it. It's still there, and it still has its own uh, credentials. But uh, but those credentials, because they don't pay any attention, the credentials dependent origination doesn't pay any attention to good and evil. It just functions in terms of cause and effect, quite impersonal.
so I would say uh, to go in the area I think you're going with the with the AI thing. Uh, you know, there's there's some incredible uh, <laughs> science fiction stories. Uh, Philip K. Dick, a writer back in the '50s, science fiction writer, was way ahead of time on a lot of that as far as seeing what could be coming up ahead of us. Scary stuff, some of it. But the scary part is, you know, that's going to happen because of the Bentley Arisen. But the important thing for you to do, for me to do, for us to do as a, as a spiritual community, a community that is interested in, in deeply understanding what this is, not just politically, not just the politics of experience, uh, because that's that's going to yank you this way and you, and you should go with it. I mean, when I say go with it, I'm saying don't necessarily do anything, but feel the emotions that are that uh, when I say your society uh, here in this world or those of you who, who come from other societies that are still connected in different ways or different comp, uh, your own family. Don't disconnect based on, oh, they're crazy or they voted the wrong way. Stay connected because it's a uh, it isn't as uh, disconnected as it looks. It looks pretty terrible, I know. It does to me too. Calls on my mind. Yes. Earlier in, in responding to Chisho's question, you used the term spiritual society. What is that? Well, it's a, a community of people who, who have an intention to see uh, not just the relative value of things, but see the deep, deep, uh, um, the deep nature of this. Uh, situation we find ourselves in uh, it's uh, you know most people are trapped in the six realms uh, or in the in the uh, in the, the human realm of, of uh, curiosity and, and desire wanting this not wanting that and believing that they are that who they are is uh, somehow just limited to this body and its lifetime and its death and what it accomplishes and, and it's just we just completely ignore impermanence if you just see imper if you just see uh, the basic one of the basic teachings of the Buddha just start with impermanence nothing lasts anything that shows up including a migraine is going away maybe not as soon as you would like it including an orgasm it's going away uh, including including a, a great meal or a great banquet it, it dissolves including uh, someone who has received jukai uh, received the precepts formally as a entering the bodhisattva path that that experience is great when it happens but it begins to it begins to fade out or change or depending on the causes and conditions that are arising is your particular personality, your particular way you're working with passion, aggression, and ignorance in your mind stream. No, don't go to war. Be, I sometimes say it and I'll say it now, be the shit you're trying to get rid of. This doesn't mean validate your anger or validate. I don't mean, I don't mean hook up your vocal cords, hook up your musculature to what is arising, but be very aware of what's arising. Be very aware of them. This doesn't mean agree with it. It doesn't mean disagree with it. It certainly doesn't mean ignore it. If you're doing that, then, then you're looking at, you're seeing what the Buddha saw when he said, life is suffering. It was not nihilism. It's just the truth. Life is nerve endings that are abraded in so many different ways. And to see that, we begin to see deeply into the true nature of what this is. Everything is... Uh, Without a self, there are no solid beings, solid separation anywhere. There's just uh, Buddha nature, awakened truth. Junshu bowing. Uh, question from Sean in Salt Lake City. Sean. What does Dogen mean by the backwards step? Um, 
I don't know what he means. I never met the guy, but uh, we probably would have disagreed on a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> but we agree on enough that, uh, and I like him enough that we study him every Wednesday and have for years. We study the Shobogenzo. And, um, and so uh, my, my way of looking at that would be, uh, the way I sometimes say it is uh, back up a quarter of an inch. Just just recede just a, recede just a little bit so you get what we commonly call objectivity, a little bit more objectivity rather than going into something and just because you see the handles and the buttons and the levers to jump in there and push and pull and say, let's see if that'll work. See if this will work. Let's try this. Don't. Uh, he's, he's basically saying, as I understand it, and the way that I would something that sounds very similar uh, back up a back up a quarter of an inch. Uh, Rinpoche would say, uh, using one of our Western uh, images, is uh, 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 give an inch, give an inch, give an inch, give give up a little bit of your your assumed territoriality about the conversation you're in with your spouse or with your children or with your anything. And just and this is another way of saying just just receive what's there. If you uh, uh, the backward step. Uh, Probably, you know, Dogen might come back and say, oh, I totally misunderstood that. <laughs> and what would I do if he said that to me? I would say, I probably did. <laughs> Why don't you explain it to me, Master Dogen? Junshu Bowing. Another question from Thomas in Kentucky. Thomas. What do you think about miracle stories or accounts of magical things happening due to meditation or enlightened beings? It seems distracting from real practice. I can help you there. You have to, you have to contemplate what I'm about to tell you. Don't believe it. Don't disbelieve it. And don't ignore it. If you believe it, then, then you're sucked into the, uh, the, the cave of demons. You're sucked into there, and then you're and you have to deal with that. Once you're in there, it's difficult to get back out. And has anything occurred? Not particularly, but you think there has. And so therefore, it, it's uh, that magical thinking, which is sometimes the way it's talked about. But that doesn't help to just call it magical thinking. That's just a way of labeling it and putting it in a shoebox on the top shelf. Don't do that. Don't label or call anything anything uh, until unless you're unless it comes out of dependent origination. In other words, it comes out of out of whatever this is and whatever you are. So yes, there's a, I, I could, I could, I can think of all kinds of things that I would say were pretty miraculous. It's to me, it's just miraculous to be here after what I've seen in the last uh, uh, 80 years or so. All that I, that this old man has gone from being a little boy. I'm it's <laughs> pretty, pretty, uh, pretty unusual. I'm still here. Still saying things. So again, one more time, don't believe it. And if you, if you at least notice how you're believing something, if you, if you notice that you're believing something and you notice that you're disbelieving other things and you notice that you're shutting down, that's what I mean. I don't mean be a person who has no beliefs or disbeliefs. Just be very aware that some things that you think are true, it actually believes that the fundamental truth there is uh, you are, you are, uh, what was the other, the person that was asking about the person that was questioning their, the value of reality. What's the point? Uh, don't do that. Don't conclude. And when I say don't conclude, you notice how you keep concluding. It's, a, it's an awareness practice, not a, not a control practice. There's, if you think you're in control of, every, of anything, 
of anything anywhere about anything other than maybe, you know, just getting a, a cup to drink out of. You might have to wait. If you don't have a cup, you might have to wait for Yuhong to send you one. That's where I got this one. And the coffee that's in it came from Jen. And I have no idea where this came from. <laughs> and if you think you know where you came from, uh, then you can start with that. If, if Not be too concerned about the things that are showing up as magical thinking. Is it true or is it not true? What do I think about? What do I think about that is I don't think. I don't deliberately think about anything. Unless you ask me a question, then I may have to do some thinking. June Chu bowing. Yes. A question from Carlos. Go for it, Carlos. Can meditation help in diffusing anger? I think so. I think it can. Uh, it, it, that was my main uh, uh, issue when I was very, uh, much younger, uh, half a century ago, was uh, anger, anger, anger. And so that's, I've tried other ways to work with it. And it was only through sitting practice of meditation and meeting my, uh, uh, meeting my guru who helped me. Helped me stop fighting with myself, basically. And see, help me see what this was fundamentally. So I have a, a complete gratitude in that direction, but it's dependently risen. There, there is no, there's only, there's only the guru. There's no, there's no guru. There's only the guru. There's only the teacher. Everything is teaching you all the time. Everything is your teacher. This is the, the function, according to Trungpa Rinpoche, the function of the teacher is to introduce you to the world or to your world. And from then on, uh, as he, he once said, when someone asked him about his guru, he said, situations are my guru. I can see why he would say that. So it will, I don't know if it'll diffuse it and not, not, not in a strict kind of psychological sense or something, but it will give you an understanding of, of the nature of anger, the nature of passion, the nature uh, help you see deeply what this is. So, so any kind of transformation that is going to happen uh, will will happen without a doer, without a transformer, without anything other. It will happen of its own as it will happen as dependent origination. So I, my situation, I may get angry. I may not. I may laugh and I may smile. I may be cranky or pissed off, but I'm not concerned about it. I'm not trying to be someone else. And I highly recommend that approach. But it needs to start with seeing how you really aren't able to make friends with yourself. You aren't able to actually be kind to yourself deeply because you think something's wrong, something needs to be fixed. Am I accusing you of something? Well, I don't know, maybe a little bit, but I'm saying, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. And, and the path to doing when I say don't do that may be one of seeing how much you do that. And when I say, when I say don't do that, I know you can't fix it, but you can see that the primary illusion, the primary misunderstanding is there is, there is a solid being. This is why the, if the anger comes up and there's no solid being, what is the solid, be, uh, the, 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 the consciousness that is not a self doesn't care if there's anger or not, because it just sees there's, there's leaves, there's trees, there's dogs. There's cats, there's clouds, there's anger, there's passion, there's aggression, there's all kinds of things moving through the apparent, the illusion we call time and space and, and rocks and trees and so on. Um, take a good look, it's, it's unreal.
it is an illusion. Uh, what is real? Uh, uh, it's looking at it. What's real is it's looking. What's 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 real is seeing that what this is, and not separate. It's like this is why it's sometimes called a mirror, because it begins to show up as a kind of otherness that is looking back at you. And it is uh, to go to the question about magical something or other. Um, it may seem that way, it may not, it won't last. Anything that seems this particular way won't last because of impermanence. Can take a final question if there is one online or uh, Karen, you had a question a long time ago, I think. Uh, were you just waving at me? Um, I, it was pertaining to when we were discussing consciousness Sorry, I'm having troubles here. Um, you have talked about this before. I wonder if you could talk about the relationship between consciousness and awareness. So, um, and you know, it's just words and there, you know, you can, uh, there are people who might have better descriptions or more succinct ways of working with it. But the way I use this is awareness is a, you're, you're aware of uh, kind of an objective, something arising in awareness, the clouds arise in the sky, just like uh, uh, thoughts arise in the, uh, in the mind stream or the awareness, and we notice them. Whereas consciousness is, uh, is more uh, depersonalized. And it's, uh, it's like I say, that just like you're, we might be somewhat aware of what's happening in our digestive tract, but not very. We, you know, there, we get signals from that area. We don't, we're not particularly aware of our heartbeat. We're not aware of the the synapses in our in our mind in our brain or something and how that works with consciousness and we're not really um uh, we're not aware of uh, awareness so we're it's just a way of talking about something so the awareness part is uh when i say this is to, is to emphasize the space in which apparent phenomena come and go and so even that is a kind of extra consciousness is not separate from the things that arise in it so this is consciousness. It's just moving at a at a frequency or vibration that that uh, it's easier to impute. It uh, has some kind of status as a thing, but it's it's <laughs> it's difficult to to say much more other than consciousness is the all pervasive situation. Consciousness and awareness is the the area where we're training ourselves to just see what's moving. And if it's if what is moving is our own self-centeredness, just observe, just just our own kind of icky feeling about our our narcissism, just observe because it's dependently arisen, has no fundamental reality, but it will take on a reality if you start pushing on it or um, go and go through psychotherapy and try to treat it as something that needs to be healed or cured or or something like that. Not that it doesn't, not that it doesn't. If I do. If I do deep consciousness work with somebody who's who's uh, stressed out and is being put upon by all kinds of energy, I I use uh, whatever words I meet things where they're at. I meet people where they're at. I meet situations. I meet my own mind stream where it looks like it's at. And sometimes that's the most confusing thing of all. But so I might use the words. Uh, I might I might uh, talk to aspects of someone's consciousness that appear as otherness, appear as whatever angels or bodhisattvas, and I and I supplicate them. If you listen, if you join in with a monastery, we see that we do this as a practice every day. We ask, ask beings in the light to protect us. Are they real? Are they unreal? 
Should we believe it? Should we disbelieve it? So that's a misunderstanding. It's more of a theistic approach to the spiritual path. I'm not against it, but I'm not, I'm not particularly promoting that. So theism is a belief that there's a higher power. Not against that. If you need to do that, by all means, do that. I'll still help you with your meditation. I won't try to get you to believe something else. Although I might say, don't believe it. Then if you, you might say to yourself, well, I need to, I need to do that. Well, then I would say, well, go ahead. Then. I'm not going to get in your way. So theism, non-theism is another topic for another uh, talk. It shows up in lots of different ways of thinking there's a, an authority somewhere. I think I, there's a talk that we're, I gave called Benevolent Authority. And what was the other one? Idiot Authority? No. Macho Authority? I don't know. It was, a, it was a bad kind of authority that I learned about in the Marine Corps. So that was the penalty. Did I need to go into the Marine Corps? Uh, no, but I did. And it's probably a good thing. And I understood more about what that, uh, that kind of authority is. Control. Power. Money. Money, 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 money. Did you notice Hello. my voice changes in octaves? sometimes and that's completely beyond my control go ahead karen um is a way of describing consciousness form and the laws that govern it there you could you could use that yeah you could i mean it's a it, it might not be one might not be able to put it to use in the in the way we're working with it here uh, the way we're working with it here is just to there's enough concepts and there's enough laws and there's enough uh, uh, structures going on within the Buddhist teachings for the last 2,500 years to pretty much take up all of your time. And so we try to study as much of that as possible. And at the same time, I'm saying face the wall. Do, do the study, do the work with the Sangha, do the discussions about your understanding, like that kind of thing would be good to bring up in a, uh, in a, in a, a book study with others so that you can uh, it's not so much trying to sort it out and find out who's right, but to have a discussion about it. Anna Maria Bowing. Anna Maria. What makes, you mentioned, you know, uh, deep consciousness, and then there's Jungian analysts, astrology, all these other various forms of investigation. What, what makes those forms of investigation complementary to the spiritual path and what and what makes them deviate or add more delusion? Hmm. So if if uh, if you if you study them, if you study astrology, there's it's not that that's a, a, the end all be all. Everybody should do that. I, I think it's a good uh, has a lot of archetypes in there that are very powerful, and it and it uses circularity, which helps us see this happens and then that happens and this happens, and it uses different shapes of uh, of uh, geometrical shapes that define. Or that resonate with the way the world is put together with its atoms, molecules, and and uh, and energy, and so it resonates with that. And and then uh, other forms like uh, anything you find a form, uh, you know, like reading tea leaves. Uh, it's but it's it's the way things are. The inter uh, interdependent or dependent origination shows up in so many different ways. And if one is open to that, then you realize that you already know what you're looking for. And you may even know it in the form. Some people are very good at, at um, analyzing that and seeing you know, Mars is square Neptune, uh, 
uh, from this house to that house uh, in, in fire signs or in, uh, or in, a, in a, a, a fire sign, an earth sign or something like that. And then using that structure to take that into what that, how that would show up as energy and how that would be translated into a particular person's personality and combine that with, and you can just go on. And those of you, and there's a few astrologers here. And of course I've studied it quite a bit in times gone by. And so uh, I'm just saying that it's just a way of taking something that looks chaotic uh, and uh, looks confusing and seeing that there's a uh, kind of order in there that will not mind. So you can't get it to mind because if you get it to mind, then all astrologers would just go to Las Vegas and get rich and they would stop having to charge people for their readings. Uh, but you'll notice there's there are some people who seem to be more lucky at that kind of thing. It's something I noticed many years ago. Some people who go and play bingo seem to win more than anybody else. So what do you call those? They're lucky. <laughs> Actually, they just have the right planetary configuration so they're they're at the end of the money trough am i being silly of course i am but i'm saying we don't want to ignore that but but the difference uh, go back to the differentiation that you were asking for was i would say it's when you start to grasp at it and and squeeze it and try to get some kind of ultimate control out of it that's when it that uh when it starts to become materialism of uh greed and control and those kinds of things that are uh these days are mainly uh old white men are doing that. And so not that others, I haven't done it in the past, uh, men and women, people of all different kinds of uh, situations, but it's, it's the idea of trying to use it to control something. And some people who, um, you know, just go into it and try to make that the way of doing everything, just like somebody believing their religion is right, or their way of, um, their way of using their particular way of using tarot cards is the right one opposed to the other people who are just fortune tellers. It's just, you know, it's a labyrinth of uh, causes and considerations. Just going in, if you want to get a good idea of how long this kind of thing has been around, go and read a 10,000 year old book called the I Ching. The I Ching or the Book of Changes. Uh, the, uh, the book, the translation I recommend is the one by Wilhelm. And, and it's, it, it's an astonishing, this is translate, a translation, an astonishing way of looking at cyclic the cyclic movement between uh, 64, uh, I think it's trigrams, hexagrams, trigrams. But it's just a way of, of symbolizing the movement that, that shows that everything is, is uh, uh, as Trump and Jay talked about, uh, there's, it's, it's, uh, it's chaotic, but it's orderly. And, and, that's a, and those two things don't, uh, don't work, but they work in the mind that, that sees clearly what this is. But in the mind that is trapped by its beliefs, its opinions, its need for control and hope and fear and hope and fear and hope and fear, then the, there's something. It's, if you have something to lose, then it's going to show up. If you have nothing to lose, then you are uh, you're not only free, you're fearless. Doesn't mean that fear doesn't come. Of course, fear might come more to one who is fearless because why? They're not concerned with it. So it may they may have the experience of being afraid of being afraid, but no one is afraid. There's no identity anymore, and, and there never was an identity, but it uh, certainly was uh, believed in or attached. If you understand what this is, then uh, your ego can do whatever it wants to do. This doesn't give you liberty to harm people or manipulate people. Quite the opposite. Shoka bowing. Yes, sir. When we talk about tarot, I Ching, or the astrology. Um, 
what is the source of a divination? I'm, I, I hear the question, but I'm not sure what you what it is you want to know. What do you want to know? I might be able to tell you, but you could ask it. What do you want to know? Shogun, there's something that shows up when somebody is a practicing a form of divination that's hard to describe. So what is the source of that uh, aspect of divination that can't be learned? Yeah, okay, I, I hear you now. So yes, uh, it's it's just uh, uh, a dependent origination that is uh, that manifests as separation, but is ultimately not separate. So it's a, the manifestation of separation could it could be wearing a clown suit. So it might look like something totally other. That's why it's so that's why it's so seductive. That's why Padma, uh, seduction, uh, grasping for otherness is so powerful. One who is no longer trying to be somebody by getting rid of uh, of the of all of the causes and conditions that arise as a particular being or characteristic or or uh, the I Ching or the or astrology or any of that or a shaman you can go on or a dharma teacher one who one who is able to manifest as form but have a deep understanding that that there there is only consciousness. And that's just a way of, of saying it. And if there's only consciousness, then the divination or the, the idea about seeing something that's going to occur, using that, so reading the so-called future, there is, there is no actual future. It just looks that way. It's just this. There's just right now. And even this is suspect, as you've heard me say before. So if, if I follow your inquiry as far as what you're asking about, uh, then I would have to say it more directly. If, if I wasn't, if there weren't a lot of other people here, and I was just uh, uh, responding to you, I'd say, uh, uh, you, "Why don't you ask your question again, and I'll respond to it if, as if I was just talking to you." Shogun, I can't remember the second question, so I asked the first. What is the source of a divination? Yeah. Um, so the the first part of that is question the nature of divination. And then realize that there there can't be any source. There can't be there can't, the source is the imputation of the of the mind that wants to control, wants to know what's the source of that river, rather than having a drink or taking a bath. What's the source? Where did it come from? This is a, the idea with a meditation practice. When you sit down and face the wall, you actually see if if any if there's a necessity to see a source. Like some forms of psychology, we'll go back and try to find a relative source for how you were abused when you're four years old. We're not saying that that isn't there and isn't the source. And there isn't somebody who's a culprit and somebody who didn't hurt somebody or kill somebody. But, but, the, but the fundamental situation is not there. The fundamental situation is not separate. But we're so, we're so greedy for to blame or give credit or find the source or get control. So I would say there isn't any source. It's an illusion. The source is an illusion. If there is a source, then we have to go back into validating dependent origination as being something we've got to we got to put the criminals in jail and and, and give the angels uh, uh, wonderful people so called on uh, bring them up and give them uh, merit badges. Sure, no Bob. praise, no praise, no blame. Go ahead, please. I'll try and ask that second question. Um... What is that aspect of divination that can't be learned? 
It's just that it's not separate. So there, there is no, there is no divination and there's no divinator. It's the person who hears the divination that thinks something has actually occurred that is somehow magical or, or about the future. It's, it's just the illusion, the illusion of control, the illusion of separation, the illusion of a solid being. Polar, it's a, it's the belief however subtle I may be in the polarity. And also, if you go into it and try to conceptually dis, disavow that or not believe it, that also uh, is uh, suspicious because it's, uh, it's fishy, because it's we're still trying to get something else. And what you need, who you are, what this is, is completely in front of you all the time. It's called, a Trumper in particular, called an authentic presence. And even that's extra. Pure appearance, that's extra. You have to say something, so you say pure appearance. Well, there wasn't anything that was impure in the first place. And, there, and nothing appears. So, But we need to do something. People are suffering. Uh, I'm suffering. I was suffering when I met my, uh, my guru, my teacher, Tung Parmbaji. And I was still suffering after he passed away. He kept trying to convince myself, I, I'm just going to keep going. I, maybe, I, maybe I would have been okay, but then I had to meet... Uh, my Zen master, Kobantino Roshi, who didn't do much. He didn't have to. <laughs> my difficulty was hanging out all over. He just he just waited for me to give him permission. Then he ground me into the dirt. What was left of me. It's the it's the vibe. If you want to know, you you uh you bodhisattvas, you aspiring bodhisattvas, you bodhisattvas who are somehow inspired by this idea of bodhicitta, of the mind of awakening, that is, that is everyone's birthright, that if you're born into this realm as a human being, then you're already the Buddha. But it can be covered up because you might need a lot of mind training. Anna Maria bowing. Yes. Going back to my previous question, it sounds like your part of the, what you're, your teaching is investigate everything. Investigate everything, attach to nothing. That being said, is is Buddhism okay? Where I'm where I'm confused is that Buddhism says this is the this is the path this is the way to do it which feels hypocritical if it says there is no one way you have to investigate everything so what's your question i'm following you a little bit but what's the question is buddhism investigate everything including the tarot, including astrology, including Jungian analysis, including all of that, and just uh, don't attach it. Yeah, it's very situational. And, you know, a thousand years ago, there wasn't much available. You just, there was a teacher and there was a society and you were, lived in ancient Japan or Tibet or India. There wasn't much. And even if you lived over here, you would be an indig indigenous person that would be practicing whatever uh, the, the, the guides were trying, the spiritual people were trying to help people. And so uh, and now it's more opened up. So there's, I mean, everything is available. Uh, you don't even have to have a library. All you have to do is have a, a laptop or a smartphone and you, you have access to just incredible amounts of information. 
in the 1960s trying to find out anything about Buddhism, which I was trying to do, was difficult because you had to be a university professor to get access to the damn libraries. And now you can find the Samdhina Machana Sutra, uh, all the translations of it, in, in a few seconds by typing it in. Uh, you can get uh, complete uh, uh, copies of the of the I Ching. You can read uh, Yodorowsky's uh, uh, book on tarot cards, which uh, you and I have talked about. And so I would say, do it's, it's situational. Do what you need to do. Uh, we even have a, a class, a, a study group that meets to talk about astrology. At some point, we might talk about the I Ching. We might talk about other. So I don't think it's necessary to pursue any of that. The thing that is important, I think, is to is the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. Have a have a teacher. Uh, Buddha's actual Buddha, the living Buddha, the, the Buddha who was alive, the historical Buddha is gone. But need a teacher, need a teaching, and need a, a community. Those three are important. And then how those show up you know, for each person is going to be quite a bit different. That's one of the reasons we do all these different books. And the reason I talk a lot is I, I want to meet people as and so far as I can where they're at. And if somebody, if, if you, uh, you'll know, if you have a connection with, with me, then we'll, we'll, we'll either be friends or we'll, I might function as your teacher. We might just hang out or who knows? I don't know. I don't have a set idea about any of that, but you do. So I work with what, where you're at. And so if, if you're into the tarot, into tarot cards and I am too, if you're into uh, polyvagal theory, theory of, uh, of how the nerves work in terms of uh, a therapy, I'm into it too. I might not be a scholar, might not be into it as far as you are. Uh, if you're into uh, a 12 step programs, you know, even though I have ideas about how things that are difficult about 12 step, but for someone who's using 12 step and it, and it saves them from drinking themselves into oblivion, that's still, that's just dependent origination. So everyone is everyone isn't here to study Buddhism or train their mind necessarily. Some people have a a lot of karma to go through before they'll even step onto the path of the Buddha, if they ever do. Was that was that complete enough, or is there you have another? Yeah, I'm 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 really grateful that you brought up the twelve step programs <clears throat> because part of my question was what about those that we consider yeah. are considered mundane. Path, but what you, what I think you just said is there is no mundane. There is how you use, how you exchange yeah, with. A, if, yeah, if if you're if you're on the spiritual path as I see it, then everything is everything is everything is is, is welcome. Everything, don't don't exclude anything. Include include. I mean, you you got to be careful that when you include, you aren't trying to get a credential about how inclusive you are. So just, just do it. Do it situationally. Include the the insanity or craziness of your neighbors, and that won't be too hard to do. Just stop aiming your weapons at them. <laughs> Put it back in a holster. So and and, and it's true with a uh, with um, a twelve step. I know lots of people. I, I was uh, back in the eighties, uh, and there's lots of Buddhist organizations that are Buddhist uh, version of twelve step, and I haven't looked into them. I have no idea how they do that but uh, i was also because i was uh, in my relationship i was uh, uh, married to some people who have had difficulty and went to 12 steps so i went to alanon i've spent many many years going to alanon i do things uh, i find out about it by doing it studying it that's how i found out about the marine corps that's how i found out about uh, what's that other thing i found out about well meditation i found out about that by doing a lot of it 
<laughs> so yeah, everything's included. Even even Christianity. If somebody has a praise to Jesus, why not? Go ahead. I mean, that's a theistic approach, but it's about awareness, not about right and wrong, or should you do white tara, or should you do mantras, or should you should you have your eyes closed when you meditate? Situation. Thank you. Who wants to go eat lunch? I think. We can dedicate the merit, or, or the, they can in the in the monastery or in the zendo. the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokokoji.org.